how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. Julie Delpy is a French-American screenwriter, actress, and director. As a graduate from New York University's Tisch School of the Arts, Delpy has been in over 30 films, perhaps best known for her work, in Richard Linklater's Before Trilogy, which co-stars Ethan Hawke. Within her many ventures, she has been nominated for two Academy Awards. In the new film Lolo, Delpy co-writes and stars as Violet, a 40-year-old workaholic with a dominant career in the fashion industry and little time for love. Coincidentally, she falls for a software geek named Jean René, and the two try to make it work despite an unknown force that keeps getting in the way. My parents were actors, and uh, uh, actually I started writing before I was acting, weirdly enough, I know. But uh, I started writing when I was like, I don't know. Okay. You know, every kid writes. I mean, don't they? I don't know. No, my son doesn't write. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was writing little things, and I wanted to be a writer or a filmmaker. And uh, and then I saw the possibilities for acting to become, you know, probably first an actress. And eventually, you know, I wrote a screenplay when I was 15, so right after I started acting and hoped to make it, and it didn't happen, you know. And, uh, the, the, I mean, you know, and I started acting by putting my photo at, like, casting directors, and then someone hired me, and that's how I started, you know. Mm -hmm. It looks like you got um, maybe some experience with rewrites or adding in the Before Trilogy from Richard Linklater. Is that kind of where some of the things start getting made as far as acting? I mean, so, as far as um, writing, adding to those scripts as well? Well, you know, it was interesting because Before Sunrise, uh -huh. um, Ethan and I basically wrote all of it. Um, there was like a, there was an original screenplay, which was actually not very romantic, believe it or not. You know, it, it was not super romantic. It was a lot of talking, but not actually. Rom there, there was no romantic moment. There was no. It was not really about romance, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, Richard hired us basically because he knew we were writing, and uh, he wanted us to bring all that romantic stuff in it, like all writing all that romantic ideas and all that stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so so that's kind of how 
I wrote something that was actually made without getting the credit for it. So it kind of was, you know, like like this, people were in, you know, if I had written Before Sun, Sunrise and decredited it, probably no one would have financed it. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> like it's a 22-year-old writing a romantic movie. No one, actually, I'd written a romantic movie and took a lot from my screenplay to put in Before Sunrise. You know, because I knew I was not never going to be finance. Like, you know, no one was going to finance a movie by a 22-year-old woman. I mean, like, there was no way, you know, mm-hmm. not even in a parallel universe, you know. But anyway, so, uh, so, it, but it was kind of safe at the same time like this, like, you know, like all the scenes that I wrote kind of got, like, according to that by critics mostly, you know, like, like, so it made me more comfortable in my writing. Like, I was like, oh, okay, so I can write something, you know. Uh, what's what's it like kind of working on that story for, like, years and years? Like, you keep kind of coming back to that story. Well, you know what's weird? Because it's such a romantic story. I kind of – it's weird because it kind of, like, took it away from me in a way. Like, like you know, like, I know every film I have to come up with a lot of romantic ideas, which I don't always – you know, like, I've kind of given up on that stuff. So um, not that I'm not romantic, but my idea of romance is different now. You know, mm-hmm. um, not that I'm not romantic, because I'm still romantic, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm still not the kind of person that, like, you know, gets the in- intern drunk and fucker. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't reached that level of uh, cynicism yet. You know, so I'm still in a romantic mode, I think, more than, you know, anything. But, um, but you know, the truth is... Um, uh, you know, you know, every film you have to go back into that romantic mode, you know, which is hard. It's hard to go back to that. You know, it was hard in the second film and even harder on the third one, which actually wasn't the most romantic film right. in a way, because I think, you know, we're evolving also into less romantic beings, you know, Ethan and I, so, or less uh, fantasy romantic beings, you know. This idea of romance that we had when we were young. You know, I mean, a lot of, like, stuff. You know what's funny is that I was reading a journal of mine from, you know, uh, 91, and basically, you know, uh, half of it is in the film. Is okay. I ended up using in the film. You know, it's pretty <laughs> wow. funny. Um, well, with your new film, um, Lolo, it seems like your, your lead character, Violet, has kind of gotten past some of that romantic aspects, you know, at least, at least to an extent, where is this kind of a, um, true life story? Are you still keeping journals? Where did this story come about? Uh, Oh, Lolo with his journals. I used to have journals. Yeah. I'm very different from Lolo though. Are you comparing me to Lolo? Um, <laughs> I'm not a sociopath. No, listen, the film originally came from a discussion with the producer and his wife, who's actually the co-writer. Mm-hmm. And we were like, it would be fun to do a film about this. So for me, this film, you know, it's not a very personal film. Like it wasn't, um, you know, it's more like a, like a, like a job for hire kind of thing, even right. though I co-wrote it, you know, because a lot of the writing, you know, and the dialogue and stuff was fun to write. But actually the concept itself came from discussions with them about like doing another film together because we did the Skylab and it was a great time. We, you know, I get along with that producer and, you know, his wife is a friend of mine. So we started writing it, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's nothing autobiographical in Lulu at all. I mean, there's nothing personal. There's nothing, you know what I mean? It's not, right. it's not, uh, you know, if anything, you know, the character of Ariane is, close to, is closer to me than the character of Violet, you know? Uh-huh. 
Okay. If anyone resembled me as Ariane. <laughs> <laughs> so where did kind of the, uh, the so you said you co-wrote it. Where did the idea for that story come about? What was the original idea, and then kind of how did that spark out to the full script? You know, we talked about uh, being mothers, you know, and like how do you raise children in a way that they're functioning human beings and not sociopaths or self-centered or, or the other way around, like self-destructive, like the worst thing that can happen to a parent, you know. Um, and so we started talking about that and falling in love in your 40s. And then, you know, and then I don't know why I had just seen again a Bad Seed. 50, 1950s movies, and it just kind of sparked everything, kind of, you know? Uh-huh. It's a movie I loved growing up, and, <clears throat> you know, kind of this parents wondering why their kid is so evil and stuff. Like, Oprah was like that, you know? And, like, what do you do when the worst person in your life is actually your own flesh and blood, you know? Right. Kind of all that stuff, you know? So it kind of, like, it's a, it's a mix of a lot of stuff, you know? Talking to the producer, wanting to work together again, you know, doing all that stuff. And, you know, there's little details in the film that probably most people don't notice, but like the idea of like, you know, uh, 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 you know, I, mean, I make reference to like leisure too, because it's about like how society has destroyed itself by being so aloof and, you know, kind of Lolo is the representation of that. He's like the next step in the, in our society of like, you know, being sociopathic and destructive and mm-hmm. kind of uh, bringing us to the end of time, you know, probably. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got self, self mentality. Um, what other type of like cinematic influence went into this? I know there. I noticed some jokes about like some um, maybe '90s American comedies, and certain aspects of the film kind of reminded me of that. Was that was that something um, meant to be in there, or how do you see the film well, you overall? Know, what I liked about '90s romantic comedy is that no one was detached. Like now, what's funny is like when people are detached and don't care, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it seems uh-huh. like. Humor has become very, um, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> much more detached, you know, and less, uh, you know, involved. Like, uh, I, I feel the 19th comedy were making me laugh more because people seem more more kind of intense and in the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Now everyone's kind of laid back and everyone is like third degree humor, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, half the time I watch movies and I'm like, I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't get it. It's not really funny. It's kind of mean, right? Or it's kind of rude, or it's kind of vulgar, and but not not even vulgar, funny vulgar. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I like, you know, uh, even Woody Allen comedies from the '90s, like Husbands and Wife and stuff. You know, uh-huh. <clears throat> that was really funny to me. You know, people are crazy. You know, hyper, neurotic. You know, <laughs> I think it's funnier. You know. When right. people are hyper, they're funnier than when they're, you know, aloof and making jokes that are like, so, like you know, it's all about being cool now. You know, I don't like cool people. I'm bored. <laughs> you know? Um, let's talk a little bit about your uh, writing process. Uh, I seem like a lot of these you worked with partners or um, what's it like, like, logistically? Are you in a room spitting off ideas or how does that all go about? You know, I, I've written a lot of films by myself, but they've never got made. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, the truth is, what you see of my work is what I'm able to put together. Right. Which, by the way, it, it's it's really hard to put together a film. So, you know, there's a lot of films I can put together. Like, a lot of the stuff I really want to say is not out. Right. Because I can't make them, you know. 
I have a drama. I have a beautiful epic comedy that's very kind of dreamy and stuff, and I can't get those made, you know? So mm-hmm. what you see of me is what I'm able to pull together. Right. You know, sometimes I love critics. I really love critics. I think they're brilliant. Like, they say, why is she doing a stupid comedy? I'm like, why do you think I'm doing it? Do you think I have nothing else? But I can't get the other films made, you right. fucking moron. <laughs> but anyway, you fucking piece of shit, you know? <laughs> you know what I love also is that critics assume that um, artists are self-destructive. So if they push them down and destroy them, they're just going to kill themselves. What if you have an artist that's actually sociopathic and actually wants to kill people? Instead of being self-destructive, what if artists were actually, you know, some artists could be um, homicidal, right? Right. Not just a sportsman could be homicidal. Maybe artists can be homicidal. More than suicidal. What if that, you know, would happen? Anyway, someone's calling me. I'm probably being called to say that. Please stop talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> stop saying you're going to kill people. Don't say that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, no. But the truth is it's really hard to make movies. And the truth is a lot of films that I've been able to make. For, you know, I had movies. I've been dragging movies for years. And you know, screenplays and stuff. And what's interesting is that <coughs> every time I was able to make a film, usually it was when I went to write a little sweet romantic comedy or something funny, goofy, something. Like, I can't get any drama made. I can't, get, you know, it's very difficult for me. So, you know, what you see is what I'm able to make, right. basically, you know. And the rest is being will be forgotten forever when I die of lung cancer, you know. <laughs> well, it does sound like After some of the... killing a few critics. That's right. uh, it does sound like some of your personal writing, though, has led into these other films as collaboration. Uh, I think you, you said like your yes. journal in the 90s and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, I like, you know, I also like, I mean, I write by myself sometimes, but I love collaborating. I think it's a lot of fun to write with other people. You can bounce off ideas, you know, because I don't think, you know, just writing by yourself sometimes can be very, I mean, I have. But sometimes drama is easier to write by yourself than comedy. Like, mm-hmm. I feel comedy is kind of like you want to play the joke right. for people to, um, you know, to respond and see if you're just the only person that finds it funny, you know? Right, yeah, at least if you have the room laughing, you know, it's you know, it's funny. It's got merit to it. Yeah, I mean, comedy has something to it that, you know, I mean, I've written comedy by, comedy by myself. I mean, I wrote uh, two days in Paris, um, even though, you know, I did have some time that I spent with Adam Goldberg discussing the characters, but it's uh-huh. true that when it came down to writing, I was by myself making, writing the jokes and all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Same thing with a, a movie that no one so called the Skylab, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a comedy and I was by my, I was like completely by myself. I mean, like I didn't even speak to anyone during the time I was writing it because my, I was taking care of my six month old son and I would write my film during um, his naps. <laughs> so I was completely alone. Do you consider yourself more of a writer or more of an actress? Uh, more of a writer. Okay. Definitely. Um, is there any advice you'd like to share or anything you wish you had known um, coming up as a writer? Or any advice for upcoming writers? Oh, God. I don't know. Um, you know, I've been writing ever since I remember I've been that I've been thinking. I mean, like, as long as I remember, 
being a, a conscious human being, I've been, I started writing. So, mm-hmm. you know, to me, the only advice I have is write and write and write and write, you know, eventually something okay will come out. Uh, or not. And so one day you'll write something bad, but it'll probably get made. And one day you'll write something good, and it, it, it'll probably won't get made. Especially if you're a woman. Women can't write great stuff. So, you know, you have to, you know, assume that it, will, it won't get made. That's all I have to say as an advice. But, you know, the advice I have is, like, keep on writing and writing and writing and writing. I mean, the truth is there's no advice to give to writers. Because if you're a writer, you will keep on writing, you know? Right. If you if you if you have it in you, you will keep on writing because the truth is, I mean, to me, even if it's to write a silly comedy or anything, I have to write. Otherwise, I start talking to myself uh, <laughs> on the streets. <laughs> no, no, but it's true. I mean, you're laughing. You think I'm joking, but I, I'm I'm actually I go crazy, like I go insane. So, and 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 I talk on the street, and I make the jokes that Ariane will make, like in public places, and then I get arrested. No, but seriously, it's like, it's like, it's like I don't know what advice to give, but that just that you know, if it's your calling, I mean, I call it a calling, not even though it's just fucking writing movies. Who gives a shit? But you know, um, right. and comedies on top of it, like no one takes it seriously. But but uh, you know, if I don't write, I go nuts. So. I have no choice. For me, that's the only advice. I mean, that's not an advice, you know. That's I, I'm just saying, don't go nuts, you know. <laughs> is there anything else you like? I know you got to leave soon. Is there anything else you like to share about the film? Listen, the film is a comedy. It's uh, you know, um, uh, I uh, you know, I think it will offend some people because the women express themselves in a way that probably some men won't like, you know. And some women won't like, but, you know, after all, um, you know, um, they're, they're reasonable adults and they're not drunk and they're not raping anyone. So, you know, I feel like it's okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, everyone's a grown up and, you know, and yes, uh, Lolo is a Machiavellian, but I think he's a funny character, you know, Uh and I think he... He has a trace of a, he's not even like an Oedipian complex thing, because actually he's more detached than that, sadly. Like he doesn't even have a passion of Oedipus, you know? Right. It's like a conveniency of destruction, you know? Because there's the the place to stay. I mean, it's it's kind of more grim uh, and depressing than, than to me, uh, Oedipus, you know, because people say, oh, it's like Oedipus is in love with his mother. No, no, he's not in love with his mother. He just wants it for him. It's kind of this selfish kind of a, Mentality, which I think, and spoiled mentality, which I think is uh, taking over everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to say something profound. Just that, you know, we all, like, spoiled fucking brats with uh, <laughs> lack of empathy. <laughs> <laughs> Complete lack of empathy, you know. That's it. Done. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter where you also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. 
You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.